Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Engage podcast, where we reimagine communications in the digital era. I'm your host, Al Belasco, Head of Media and Applications at Radisys. Our guest today is Mark Beatty, the Managing Partner and Principal Analyst at Wayne House Research, an industry research firm focused on workplace communications and collaboration. Today, we're going to discuss how companies are dealing with one of the downsides of virtual and hybrid work. That is the loss of informal interactions and the associated camaraderie employees benefit from when in the same physical location as their colleagues. This gap also increases friction in the flow of information and ideas, stifling innovation. In this conversation, we'll focus on how this affects companies and how those companies can overcome these challenges. Mark, we've been connected for nearly 20 years as this field has evolved. Wayne House has always had deep, relevant, and forward-thinking insights in this field. Thanks for participating, and I'm glad our audience has the opportunity to hear what you have to say. 20 years, Al, it makes it seem so, makes me feel so old. <laughs> but it, it's, it's great to be with you, and it's amazing what you and I have seen along with the rest of the market over the last couple decades with regards to what's changed, the digitization of the workplace and then of communications as well. So uh, super exciting times. Yeah, yeah. And the last three or four years has seemed like another 20 years, uh, the pace of, <laughs> pace of change. Dog years. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Mark, there are obviously advantages for companies offering flexibility to their workforces in remote work or hybrid work. From your perspective, what are the downsides of remote and hybrid work? It's a great question, and, and people have been thinking about this, and especially the HR departments and organizations have been thinking about what is both the upside and the downside. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with uh, the demographic, and number one, the age of the participants in the workforce. You've got a younger workforce that uh, has just got their first or second job and their first or second year of working professionally, and they really need a community to, uh, to mentor them, but also a community of their peers as well uh, to socialize with. So uh, that's been a a bit of a challenge. Uh, obviously, there's been a huge upside as well, that concept of the freedom that you have working uh, remotely and working at your own, or maybe even working at your own pace as well. But we're all familiar with what's been going on with regards to people who just have disengaged because of working remotely or because of the hybrid environment. Newsweek did a survey of 2,000 people, and they found that 36% of those surveyed, which is a huge number, were quietly quitting. You know, they've got different cute names for this, DYJ, doing your job, uh, working at work and uh, corporate coasting, things like that. There's definitely a, a challenging side. We also did at Wayne House a survey of 625 knowledge workers, U.S., U.K., France, Germany, and those respondents indicated negative impacts to forming new relationships with regards to hybrid work. 34% of them said it was negative. The same number basically said they were challenging growing their relationships, which is really critical in working inside a business from the standpoint of being productive and also being engaged with others in your, in your organization. And about 38% said they uh, they really miss socializing with those outside of work. So there's 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 two sides to this. It's not just one side, but there's definitely a downside. Yeah, yeah. Motivation, productivity that comes with that belonging, and especially for you know newer members of the workforce or newer members, uh, either younger members coming out of uh, college or early in their careers, or just new to a company. You know that's, that's critical and. There's other hard benefits, I think, as well to addressing this outage in terms of lower costs for employee churn and new employee searches and so on. What about the aspect of information flow across organization and 
how this transformation of work affects that information flow. Yeah, that, that's a good point too. A lot of communication takes place very informally. You have a variety of personalities inside any one organization. You've got extroverts and introverts, and then you've got people kind of in the middle as well. You know, there's, uh, you've probably taken these personality tests where there's, you know, uh, four dominant personalities inside any one organization. And the interesting thing is, is that in a meeting, you, some of the best ideas don't come out in that meeting because of the personality of the individual in that meeting. And it takes place in a different format, usually one-on-one. If there's in-person, it's, you know, after the meeting, walking to somebody's office as an example. Uh, if it's online as an example, it's a direct message. Maybe it's a, an audio call. Maybe it's a video call. So the communication stream with regards to these challenges changes based on uh, the environment and also the people in the organization and their specific uh, preference for communicating. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. And one of the ways that I've kind of thought about this challenge is separating the formal communications, sort of the equivalent of a virtual meeting room with the forums that allow the virtual water cooler or hallway conversation or town square discussion to happen. You know, there are a lot of existing tools that, at least on the surface, address mostly, if not exclusively, predominantly that the virtual meeting room or or boardroom. How do you see enterprises uh, trying to address this outage to improve those informal communications where workers are distributed or working from home? Yeah, we've, we've seen, you've seen some of this as well. Uh, one is, uh, let's just take the entire group on a, uh, on a trip somewhere. That's expensive, and it's not convenient for, to everyone as well. It's a great idea. I'm not uh, going against it. The other one is, uh, and you saw this during the pandemic, the concept of, you know, let, let's all have a cocktail hour at the end of the day. That lasted for a while, and that was interesting. But once again, I don't think it had a lot of legs to go uh, much further than uh, the year, year and a half that it really did as well. The other one is is that concept of checking in, uh, checking in with uh, the individuals, making sure more so than you might have previously, even in person as an example, making sure that everybody's okay. So obviously, mental health has been a, a huge issue with regards to what happened during the pandemic and then what's happened with regards to just the uh, the sheer volume of remote work and remote workers as well. So there's practices and there's also tools. The practices have been you know greater engagement, whether it's in, in a physical environment or a virtual environment. And uh, the tools uh, have become increasingly better. You and I have been using all these different uh, meeting and communication tools, and you're, you're seeing uh, a tremendous um, increase in uh, the uh, ability to use these services and understand, okay, the audio's gotten better, the video's gotten better, there's sentiment analysis as an example. You're seeing you know, a huge amount of uh, AI come into the communication stream that allows both on the employee experience and then on the customer experience, individuals to understand exactly what's going on in that call uh, where they might not understand it otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we're seeing with the greater recognition of this, of some of these challenges and to augment some of these approaches and, and tools and techniques that you just highlighted is the potential for, let's call it a mashup of different capabilities or technologies to address this problem uh, head on in, in a more purpose-built ways, combining workplace socialization, more informal ways of connecting with and communicating with employees across the organization that really even flattens the hierarchy. In fact, Radisys is introducing a, a new 
solution in this category called appropriately enough impromptu at Enterprise Connect later in March. And the genesis of this solution really was to try to address this problem within our own enterprise, uh, I think on a, on a um, relatively small scale where really the Radisys represents the epitome of this challenge, uh, knowledge worker organization, very distributed like other companies in our in the technology space where we have the luxury of uh, where most employees can work from home we really try to find ways that we could ad- address these problems including using some of those uh, some of those tools that you talked about and we've tried this product on our own eating our own uh, dog food and it really has paid dividends i think on both fronts getting employees to feel more connected and part of the uh, fabric of the organization, even when they're working from home, and also continuing, uh, allowing the free flow of ideas across the organization, even beyond, you know, first or secondhand uh, connections within the enterprise. Yeah, and I, I would applaud your organization uh, because it's, it's, I think that you're the exception. Your organization is the exception on both sides. Number one, taking the initiative to say that we need to do something, and number two, putting your own power behind it to actually create a, a solution for it. That, that same survey that uh, I referenced earlier of the knowledge workers across U.S., U.K., France, and Germany, uh, we asked the question: um, Do we think? Do you think that your your organization is doing enough to promote socialization? And most of the respondents came back, and once again, and said, "We don't think so." As a matter of fact, uh, only twenty-seven percent said that they thought it was a high priority, meaning the concept of workplace socialization, and seventy-one percent saying basically it's not on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, in those same workers, found that uh, 80% believe there's definitely a better way than the app that they've been using. So, once again, there's the apps that are out there are excellent uh, purpose-built apps for virtual meetings, as an example. When you've got an agenda and you've got a, a purpose to uh, to stick to uh, the business objective, they're excellent products. But, you know, with this 80% saying, hey, listen, there's got to be a better way to socialize than using that existing application, that's telling. In getting this message out about the types of solutions that are out there, I think earlier you mentioned uh, HR's role in the overall strategy of, of hybrid work or remote work. Does Do you see the HR department generally being the owner of trying to find solutions that cross into the IT domain to address this problem? Or are there, you know, what other stakeholders need to be made aware of what's, uh, what's available to help solve this problem, if not, if beyond HR? So I would say that the strategy starts at HR. So there's an initiative amongst the executive staff that says we have a problem or there's something that we need to do, but whether it's in uh, reaction or it's, uh, it's, it's proactively. But I think at the corporate level, HR is the place that it, it does exist uh, for strategy. And then in, it could also originate at the business unit side. Uh, once again, you've got a lot of organizations around the world that have business units, which operate very independently from the rest of the corporation and the other bit, uh, business units. So I would say you think about business unit leadership, you think about HR working together uh, to understand what the employee experience should be. And that whole area is really, if you think about it, in the last two to five years, employee experience is a whole new area. And uh, it's a little bit of art, it's a little bit of science, and it includes both uh, the, the concept of what do we want to do from the standpoint in our organization with regards to engagement, socialization, productivity, and then retention as well, which are critical components. They, they, they kind of mix together. But one of the things that uh, we fundamentally believe is that uh, HR will take the initiative and then uh, the rest of the organization will often find their own way. Mm. What do you see as the 
opportunity in the market for these tools, maybe the, the size of the market or even where the most need is, whether it's in a particular geography or in an industry vertical uh, or verticals? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, once again, I think that... Uh Number one is if you talk about market size, it's huge. Uh, there's been some debate about what's what's the size of the market. How many frontline workers do we have? How many knowledge workers, uh, information workers do we have? You know, we, we've done a count at Wayne House uh, of the International Labor Organization by job category, and we've come up with 715 million knowledge slash information workers. I've seen other numbers which put it at a billion. Okay, it, it's a big number, right? So I think the market's huge. Number one. Number two. I think that the different segments are the most applicable segments are just those segments uh, where people are not in an office. I mean, the truth is, is you don't need a socialization app if you're in the office. And our insight right now is telling us that most people, why they might be going to the office, they're not in the office five days a week. They're going in two or three days a week. Uh, you can have the A and the B teams as an example, similar to what we had in the pandemic. Those are continuing. The concept of you know half of the group will come in Mondays, Tuesdays, and and Wednesdays. Wednesdays and the other half will come in on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and they all kind of meet in the middle on Wednesdays. Uh, what happens is, is you still have a lot of remote work going on, even though people say they're going to the office. And so if you think about professional service organizations where people have to get together and use ideas to drive a decision, that's a critical function of uh, people who work together but sometimes need uh, another way to connect. That concept of the fact that people believe that they are more engaged at work when they have a personal relationship with people around them. The traditional meeting tools don't uh, allow that. So if you think about the sheer volume of people that are using online meeting services today, that entire market, uh, in addition to more as well, is a, is a right market for the concept of, you know, is there another way to engage with people in my organization to get to know them better, um, to have a sense of belonging, and then also to have a shared purpose together. Mm -hmm. Number one, I think that's the uh that's something that's very good for the business. The business is beginning to understand right now that if we have a healthy workforce, uh, that means that we have an engaged workforce. If we have a engaged workforce, that means that we're going to get a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, those are great points. For those companies that, I guess for lack of a better uh, term, get religion on and start to embrace some of these new technologies and tools and, and techniques to address this workforce socialization outage and the benefits of, of solving it, any tips or suggestions on what those organizations can do to make the most of these tools? I think there's, there's a couple of different sides to this. Number one, it's a socialization tool. It's it's like you can't tell people you should all go to the bar afterwards or you should go to play volleyball as an example. They'll do it on their own. People like going to play sports together, go to you know go to the bar together. They like biking together. They form their own groups. You, we've seen this. So if you think about a lot of the consumer social applications, uh, you you haven't had to do a lot of advertising to say if you love horses, come here. People who love horses just come there as an example. So I think the number one thing an organization can do is to facilitate the platform and then uh, to communicate the fact that it's available and here's how you can use it as an example, but without prescribing how you can use it. Because the richness that each of us get in our lives is associated with the relationships that we have our, with our families, the personal relationships that we have with one-on-one -on -one friendships as an example, and then also our, our work relationships. And you've got to remember your work relationships 
typically for most people, it's one third of their life as far as time is concerned. It's a lot as an example. And so therefore, people want to engage with them. They want to understand those who have a dog and like dogs, those who have horses and like dogs, those who, you know, go biking and, and with the tools they use from the standpoint of the clothing and the bicycles and things like that. So what happens is these teams naturally form themselves. So I think the number one thing is, is provide the platform, communicate the fact that it's available, and don't overgovern it. If they overgovern it, they're in trouble. P- these will be self-forming groups. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think that's an interesting perspective. Okay, well, a final question. An enterprise has adopted tools to address this problem. They've they've gone viral within their organization. Any suggestions or recommendations on the best way to measure the success of these tools. And I think you alluded to a few of them earlier in the conversation, but maybe to kind of close out and focus on this. Well, I think key measurement is going to be engagement. And I think many of us have seen that Gallup study. It is, and people are kind of marching that study out. It's been going on for decades, by the way. And it's not specific to, as an example, a specific region like North America or the United States. It, the Gallup has done that study over in Western Europe. They've done it in North America. And the same numbers come out. 65% of the workers are not engaged at work. That's just a, that's a universal problem. And so, therefore, people need purpose and they need to believe that they're being heard and they need to believe that their role is important in the organization and amongst their peers. They're not getting that of a a 45-minute or a 55-minute meeting where we've got an agenda. There needs to be another way. So I think the the metric, as you said, which is, I think it's an important question, the metric's got to be engagement. And so, once again, fall away from the Gallup universal study of a sample set of workers, but take that sampling of your own workers kind of before the socialization tool and then call it six months after the socialization tool and keep that up. I think that, that should be the measurement, the level of engagement your employees. Once again, we I referenced that situation from our study where they said uh, they didn't believe their organization put a high priority on workplace socialization. It also means that they don't believe that they're being heard. They don't believe that they believe that it's important. And they believe that it's not being they're not being heard. So I think that you can do some you know metrics around that concept of I believe that I'm important in my organization. I believe there's purpose in my organization. I believe that I specifically engage in the work and I enjoy it. Those are the metrics that matter to both the individuals. They're going to stay with the company that they're with, which you, you don't want turnover. And number two, you're going to get a more productive employee. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you. Thanks, Mark. It's uh, always a pleasure talking to you. And I always learn something you know, and hopefully our audience gets a lot out of this as well. Appreciate your time. Take care. Thanks for your time, Mark. You highlighted some very interesting points on how companies are dealing with one of the downsides of virtual and hybrid work. And you shared insights into the impact on companies and how those companies can overcome the challenges. I hope everyone in the audience enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. For more information on Rate Assist and Rate Assist Impromptu, please check out Impromptu, that's I-M-P-R-O-M-P-T-U dot Rate Assist dot com.